Welcome to Connecting the Community podcast. I am your host, Marge Andre. I will be connecting you to people, organizations, and events that create community. I am creating this podcast in Richmond Hill, an eclectic and very culturally diverse community with lots of trees and streams and interesting people just up the hill from Toronto. On this podcast, I'm talking with Michelle Watson, Partnerships and Outreach Coordinator of Find Help Information Services, or 211, of the Central Region. Welcome, Michelle. Hi, Marge. Thank you so much for having me here today. I am very much looking forward to our conversation. I've got lots of questions for you. And uh, yeah, there's just the, I, I feel like so many people need to know about what you're doing. I think it's so, so important. So, but Michelle, first, introduce yourself and tell us how you got to be working with 211. Okay. Uh, thank you. I will. Um, I've been working directly for Find Help 211 since April of 2020. And yes, uh, that was right at the start of the pandemic. Um, I was have been a longtime sector partner working at the United Way of Durham Region in their uh, information and referral program. And um, so very familiar with the data, with the system, with answering calls and so forth. And uh, so when the pandemic uh, came along um, and find help was um, and 211 calls to find help were you know going through the roof, I was asked if I would be able to help out and come on over and answer some answer the two one one lines and uh, so I did that and that was uh, that was a baptism of by fire uh, but um, so I answered the two one one calls for about five months until things sort of settled down a bit and staffing was um, arranged and rearranged so it could work for the system and um, so then I was asked if uh, and the program transferred so information Durham. Um, became part of Find Help, uh, and in, the name Information Durham um, has been retired now, um, and we're all part of the same system. We always have been. It was just um, just one of those things, you know, and so now uh, we are part of uh, 211, the 211 system. Uh, my colleague from United Way, uh, Christine, is still editing the data at that, that belongs to Durham and some other things that she's doing as well. So uh, we've been, and I've been working with the partnership and outreach team since um, the fall of 2020. So um, that's that's how I came to be doing what I'm doing. Okay. And um, yeah, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, no, just to, is curious. There had been a, a like a helpline for Richmond Hill many years ago, and it got yeah. retired into this. So I'm thinking it's yes, it's the same attrition that's happened across the province over the years, and uh, a lot of the people that I've worked with on data, you know, they're still there doing it. They just might be doing it under the umbrella of a different organization. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I think we're trying to get more efficient in doing this. So yes, yeah. Yeah. definitely. So um, what really is 211? Um, and, and when did it start? Um, well, I, I believe the 211 um, system started in the States, but it's been in Toronto since 2002. So um, it, that seems like a long time, you know, it, you were probably surprised to hear that, but it, it has been in Toronto since 2002. Um, and so we celebrated 20 years uh, last year 
And, um, and by about 2012, 2013, the whole integrated system across Ontario was set up so that everybody in Ontario could dial 211. Mm-hmm. So it was a process. And um, yeah, we're just hoping that uh, everybody will understand and maybe this podcast will help to get the word out more uh, mm-hmm. that uh, you can make the right call to 211. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, it is a phone call, like 211, sort of like 911, but it's it's also much more than that. Like there's a website, you can text, you can chat, a live chat. So um, it really is uh, very, very accessible. Yes, yes, it's that is what it's meant to be. It's meant to be accessible to everybody. So you're right, anybody can call 211 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Um, and also, uh, so we connect people. Uh, the, in addition to a call, people could text uh, and chat. Those hours are not 24-7. They're um, 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday to Friday and 9 to 5 Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. People can email us as well. Um, people can also search online. All the information, mm-hmm. all the data that we have about programs and services are is available you know, 24-7 as well to people searching online at 211central.ca. Yeah. So yes, and accessible, to, you're right, we want to be accessible, especially to those people who need support getting connected. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. I, there's a, a lot of information on the website. I've, I've found it to be well laid out, very um, intuitive to navigate. So I really uh, encourage people to go and look at it. Mm-hmm. And if you know people, if you are having any issues go check it makes sense to check it out it's free yeah. it's you know it, there, there we do have resources and i think uh uh we should be using it tim yeah the word may i like I just, to you hmm? oh, may i just say i just wanted to say too that you know even though we've said what we've said and and you understand i just wanted to be very clear you know so what things do people find out from 211 mm-hmm. uh they get a, a real person if they call um or chat or text and they're going to find out about things like food banks, meal programs, income support, financial su- assistance, mental health support, housing assistance, newcomer immigrant services, and more. So that yeah. is the type of social service or human service information that we connect people to. I just wanted to be clear on that. Yes, thank you for that. So it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, you. a lot of services are um, are listed there. Uh, I, I like the word navigator, like it's a good way of navigating what uh, what our what our community has to offer. Lots of different people, different organizations. Um, you know, it's a way of letting people know that uh, they exist. So, but two one one is national, and it's subdivided up provincially and by regions. So, uh, is can you talk any more about the how it's subdivided of course i can yes uh so we um we at to at find help information services we serve uh, our 211 central program is serving peel toronto york and durham and in addition to uh those services um during the pandemic again a very um active time um as things are being set up so that everybody across uh Canada could access 211, and they can. Um, Find Help also took on the work of um, connecting people in Manitoba, New Brunswick, and Newfoundland and Labrador. 
So we also have, we call those the, um, the I, I forget the uh, word that some of my colleagues use, but the extension provinces. So we also serve those provinces as well. And um, so, and there was a very hardworking team of people across Canada making sure that the province, so BC and Alberta and Saskatchewan already had 211, and um, Nova Scotia had 211, PEI had 211, and those people got together to make sure that they could work it out so that everybody in, a, in across Canada could. So the provinces that didn't have, you know, you know, where can we partner to, with people to get this data? Somebody has the data somewhere. Let's put it together. Let's get mm-hmm. let's get people connected to it. Yeah. So yeah. if you had a you know a friend a, a son out in BC and they needed a food bank or something, you could go online here and find out what was available to yes. them. And yeah, you know, just go yes. there, look for them. Here's what's here. It here it is because so often That's when right. you are in that situation where you need the services. Um, you need you need support. You're traumatized. Yeah. It's life's not going well. So yeah, That's I'm right. I'm very glad to hear that this coordination has happened and probably is still we're still working to make it even better. Oh so. yes, there's a yes, there's a team of people uh, you know consistently working on you know making the the um, the, the ability to get to two one one you know able for people out there, but also efficient in the background and. Uh, working well with partners so yeah. it's a it's a it's a good system mm-hmm. yeah no it's a, and i think quite complicated and, and lots lots of moving parts to it but uh, that, you know, that is that is true that is yes true. so um approximately how many social services programs you know community supports are in your database and yeah how and, and how did something get added or taken away sure um so uh, what um, happens uh, is that we have, I, I guess the, the data is really the foundation of what we can do and what we do. So collecting that information about the programs and services that exist in central region, there are about 20,000 pieces of information on programs. Impressive. So, uh, and then across Ontario in total, there are approximately 60,000. So we have uh, in Ontario, there are five agencies um, regionally around the province who all have a share of of collecting and maintaining some of that data. It's all put together. Um, So um, that's the brilliant part about being an integrated system. So not only, uh, like you said, if you knew somebody in BC that needed 211, if you live in Um, Richmond Hill and your mom lives in Guelph, you can find out that information about what's going on in Guelph, what is there for your mom in Guelph or in Wawa or wherever you happen to to be or to need help for somebody wherever they happen to be. Um, So uh, just uh, to give a shout out to the other partners. So in in Windsor, uh, the the city of Windsor actually runs the 211 program there. Uh, In um, the so they are the Southwest region. Uh, Community Ca- Connection Collingwood is Central East, which is more or less like a, a horseshoe around the GTA. And then you've got Find Help at uh, doing the Central region. You've got a CNEO, NCEO, um, doing the Eastern part of the province. So Ottawa, Kingston, Belleville, that, that area. And then in the North, you've got Lakehead Social Planning Council doing the Northern region. So it's all very laid out and all those partners are working together on the data and then also on the um, ability to answer the phone. So 
if somebody it phones in, uh, the next available uh, agent or service navigator would take the call. So um, nobody's waiting on the phone just to get somebody in their region. Whoever is available will take that call. So we can all the service navigators can access the information across the province and give that information. Okay. Yeah, to anybody. Okay, very interesting. So can you give us a, um, some examples of calls that have come in? I think that would sure, sort of yeah, yeah. Make, make sense, help make sense of things. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so um, um, I have been part of being on the line, as I told you, and also as well doing follow-up calls, which we haven't talked about yet, but we can, of course. But uh, these are some of the follow-up calls that I was uh, part of. So that would be, well, I might as well just say it now, now that I've tempted everybody with that. So a follow-up call would be, you know, somebody calls, they're calling about food. We would always offer a follow-up call to someone if they're calling about needs for food, food insecurity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if they, if they would like to, and that they say yes to a follow-up call, we would just check in with them maybe that same day, depending on the urgency of the situation, or maybe in two or three business days, just make sure they've made contact with the food bank. They've been able to register. They have a day to go and get some food. They still are, you know, they're on the way to getting the service that they need. So, um, so you know, that's what we would do with a follow-up call. And it could be about anything, but we do always offer follow-up calls to people who are calling about food insecurity, about mental health, about housing, some of those really difficult situations. But sometimes, you know, um, you know, you might have a senior on the, on the line who is, you know, just from the conversation you get that perhaps that person is maybe a bit forgetful or they're very... Um, anxious about getting through to someone on the phone well I tried and I got this you know this message and I wasn't sure which button to press and so we can help people we can do a three-way warm transfer so we get that person on the line put them on hold get through to say it's the um, home and community care service then get them back on the line and have a three-way conversation hi I'm from 211 I'm helping Sue here she needs um, to speak to someone about some of your services. And I'm just wanting to make sure that she actually gets to speak to someone. And then you leave them to it to have their conversation. So we just, you know, we're the, uh, the, the warm transfer, the, um, the helpers, the mm -hmm. people who help people connect. So um, some of my call examples that I've been part of, uh, I, I followed up with someone with a student who had disabilities and needed a low cost or free computer. So by the time I had spoken to the person, they'd been given some referrals, they had followed up on those referrals, and they were waiting to hear back from the this agency that was offering the service. And so, you know, at that point, the person felt quite confident that they had made the connection and they were, and you know, I just uh, supported that person and said, you know, if too many days go by, Feel free to call them again and just double check on where you're where they're at with, you know, helping you. So I think people also just want support and listening ear as well. That's something that we provide to people. Mm -hmm. um, another woman called on behalf of her grandmother who needed a new pair of glasses. She'd been to the optometrist. She was eligible for a free optometrist visit because she was over 65, but she couldn't afford to get the new glasses um, made and with the prescription. So there is a program about that. I was able to let her know um, what she could do and just make sure she felt confident that her grandmother could make, and just explained how that worked and so that her grandmother could get those glasses. Mm -hmm. um, then another um, uh, man who was a government sponsored refugee 
and he wanted information on colleges and courses. Um, he wanted to upgrade his education and he also wanted to check in on his education from his home country, how that would be um, accepted or what he needed to do to maybe upgrade or to get um, Canadian qualifications. So, you know, just uh, again, this was a follow-up call on my behalf. So I was just checking to see that he felt good about knowing where to go, that he felt confident making that connection to the agency. And um, he did in that particular case. So we're just wanting to make sure that people uh, actually get through to who they need to get through to. Very good. Thank you for giving those examples. I think that helps with, um, you know, what do you actually, what do people call about? And I yeah. expect it's a whole people range, call. but those are good examples. Yeah, people call about just about anything. We okay. do have funny ones too. But yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, yes, but people do call about a wide range of issues. Right. Uh, so what type of training you know, are there for someone like you, for the people who answer the phones? Yeah. Uh, so many service navigators, um, we have some many service service navigators who are on the team who've been here for, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. They've been doing this work for a long time. But people who come, the newer uh, service navigators who come, most of them have a, um, quite a good, solid understanding of the human service system. Uh, some of them, uh, you know, are are educated to a master's degree level. Some are, um, you know, some of the data people are library science type people. So a lot of them come with a lot of uh, education and uh, capabilities. Um, uh, and then of course, there's a lot of training that has to go on top of that. Uh, we have uh, a, two systems. If you're a service navigator, you need to know how to access the data that we have. So uh, there's, we do use a taxonomy system which is a classification system, not unlike what you have on a library book, but a classification system for human services. Um, so people need to know what that is and how to use it, how to search the, um, the programs and services by the taxonomy, which is the most efficient way to do it. And um, also to uh, use the actual system itself. And then of course, there's the whole telephone system and how to use that. So that's quite a bit of, but then in addition, you know, um, if you have a good understanding of the landscape of human services, that's super. But, you know, if somebody's going to call you and talk to you about um, child care. You need to understand that quite um, in depth as well. So a good understanding of all these various programs. So how to search for a food bank in Toronto. It's a little more challenging than you might think, uh, because some uh, some food, there's many food banks in Toronto, which um, is is good for people who need food uh, that's close to them. Um, and uh, but the other thing is, you know, some of them have their eligibility. Uh, people in these postal codes can come to our food bank or people on this side of the street, not that side of the street, <laughs> which is way, the way they've done it. But, you know, just you, you have to be able to make sure you give people the right information. Giving people the wrong information is not at all helpful. So how to search for a food bank in Toronto how to um, understand what happens when someone gets an eviction notice, you know. So drilling down into all of these various areas and, and understanding what they do, all the various levels of government, you know, who does what, um, you know, if uh, if you need a, um, you know, recreation program, you, you're not necessarily going to talk to your MP. So just understanding who is doing what and um, how to access those things. So it is quite extensive. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And, and ongoing as well. Right. Yeah. Yes. I, I, that I can imagine. And mm-hmm. so I, I know from what my community involvement is that many people, people that are not even like doing well, but they do not, there's a not a general understanding of the system of who does what and what is out there. So it, that no. is so important with what yeah. you are doing. Many people here in Ontario in this area speak other languages. You know, I walk around my block and I'll hear many other languages other than English. Right. Uh, and so often when you need a service, you are more anxious and uh, your English as a second language skills may not be great. So it's best mm-hmm. if you can speak that your native language. Uh, yes, you provide the services, but what happens if someone calls up and is you know, speaking in Farsi, what happens? Right. So we do have service navigators who do speak other languages. So I believe we're um, somewhere around 16 languages. We have people speaking up to, and we always have French. Um, But, you know, if someone comes and and is speaking um, Ukrainian or someone is speaking um, Bengali or something like that, and and either the person that that we may have on staff is not on, I mean, we're 24-7, but not, you know, 24-7 for any one person would be tough to do. Uh, So we would, we call up the language line and we can get um, an interpreter that would be able to uh, speak with us um, and the and the caller all at the same time. So we can have that three-way call again. This mm-hmm. time we would have somebody. So as long as the person can say their language so that we can understand what they're what they're saying, we can um, and put them on hold, get the language line, bring that person in and have this three-way conversation. The uh, service navigator would still be at sort of, um, I guess, uh, emceeing the conversation and, and saying, you know, could you tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, what, what is what your situation is? And then the interpreter and that person would speak, and then the interpreter would give that back in English or in English to service navigator and, and make sure that everybody is um, understanding one another and being able to give out that referral. Hopefully, we've got a referral for that person that will be a helpful program or service that they can that they can pursue, and someone who is also going to be able to serve them in their language. All right. Okay. Very good. Thank you for explaining that. I was wondering how that all works. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and looking at your website, it says that uh, inquiries are tracked anonymously, of course, uh, mm-hmm. to see where there are needs or service gaps or, or barriers. And you share this information to help you know, make things better, to inform policy and funding decisions. Can you talk about that? Can you, are there some examples? This sounds like a really positive thing. Yes, yes, of course. So, so when somebody um, is speaking to a service navigator or texting or chatting or emailing, so um, they, they would very likely have a conversation about where are you located? Because so many services are serving a certain geographical location. So, okay, you're in, um, you're in Richmond Hill. Okay, would you give me your postal code? Some people don't know their postal codes or, you know, they don't. Or yes, we can give postal code. That is actually a, a really good way for the service navigator to be able to to uh, search um, programs and services by having that postal code. The system is set up to do that the most efficiently. Um, so we would know that information. So where that person is located, 
Um, and then again, depending on what the situation is, um, you know, we might know that it is a, a woman, it is an older female, it is somebody who's in their 30s. We might have to ask that age uh, range because of what that, you know, who what they're eligible for, what program is out there and what they're eligible for. So that kind of information is, um, you know, is is available to us. Then we would, if we've given a referral, we track what referral we've given. And then um, during the course of the conversation, they might, the person might tell us something, well, I went to so-and-so and they didn't help me. They told me I wasn't eligible. So we can also find out what the unmet needs were sometimes. So what, they're, what they need to find, what they tried, what hasn't worked, um, you know, and that kind of information. So we can, there's a way to keep track of that in the conversation or after you finish the conversation. And all of that um, aggregated data goes to um, making up what we call a snapshot. So we have been reporting out to people um, since 2020. I think those things were not, um, I think we were the snapshots who had been thought of and created before COVID, but it ended up being a really helpful thing to be able to say, here's how many calls, um, you know, or what percentage of calls were up or down since this time last year. Well, of course, in the pandemic, we had many more calls. And, you know, here's what people are the top five needs that are happening in York region in this two week period. At first, we were reporting those things out biweekly. Uh, since uh, the beginning of this year, I believe it was, we started just reporting out monthly. But we do report out about Toronto, York, uh, Durham and um, Toronto, uh, Peel, I beg your pardon. Mm -hmm. And so anybody can search. We have a, a I, I think it's a bit of a treasure trove. It's like a snap. It is a snapshot of what's transpired over the last three years. Yeah. So anybody can look at anything. If you wanted to look at what happened in Toronto of April of 21, you can go ahead and have a look. Yeah. Or Durham or York or whatever. You can compare and contrast. But it is a really helpful um, thing for the people, for the partners that we have. And we have many partners across the whole central region and beyond as well. And, um, you know, uh, they can see what the, the top five needs were, uh, what the service navigators are hearing generally. So, you know, um, this I've just uh, printed off the, the York um, snapshot. I'm just showing Marge the snapshot. Yeah, from, mm -hmm. yeah it's, uh, it's impressive. Uh, I was uh, quite, I, I looked them up. Oh, this is, yeah, yeah. interesting so data. Quite, there's quite rich data there. So it's saying that in um, May, May 2023, uh, the top need in York region was utility assistance and 23% of the calls from York region were about utility assistance, 14% uh, on food banks, 12% on government information services. So people wanting to know about say service Ontario or um, mm -hmm. service Canada or something like that, 10% on crisis intervention and counseling mm -hmm. and 7% on paratransit programs. So just very interesting. And then next month, it might all shuffle around or there might, you know, paratransit mm. might not be there and something else will be there, you know, yeah. like yeah. little clinics or something. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think this is a really informa uh, good information. You know, the um, the service navigators um, are hearing about food security, requests for food programs and after hours meal programs, food meal services, specialized items for personal hygiene items and people experiencing homelessness, incontinence supplies and nutritional supplements, mental health support, uh, immediate crisis intervention and counseling, 
and other needs and trends, assistance with budgeting and credit counseling needs, and assistance with finding furniture. So those are some of the things that, you know, service navigators are hearing a lot of when they're talking to people. That's what is, you know, mm-hmm. when they reflect back on the month. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, uh, I think, very important that you, that information is gathered. And I do believe that uh, many of our elected officials at all levels really should be paying attention to uh, to that information. So I'm going to be uh, telling people about it. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm thinking uh, there are people you know, I've been asking around uh, since I first uh, met you at uh, a, an event. It was about Family Services of York Region invited you to come and speak. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of service providers, people who work with uh, people, vulnerable people. And I thought yeah. Yeah, that was very important that you were there. You know, I had heard a uh, two-on-one, but I really didn't know about it. I found it was just a great presentation. So I felt I have to reach out to you. And I see myself as a community connector. And, you know, you do such a great job of that. But, uh, yeah, it's, um, you know, part of your job is outreach. And so if there's an organization like a, a, a condo board or a residence association, uh, a faith-based group, uh, primary care um, you know, offices, uh, I think a lot of physicians should know about what you're doing as well. Serve, think the Rotary Club, the Lions Club, all those should be talking to you. So mm-hmm. am I right there? Should I tell all of all my friends who are working there? <laughs> well, hey, sure, you know Marge, I, I love you. You're a community connector. I just wanted to say that we do have a relationship with MPPs across the province. We do have you know, we do, we are reaching out to school boards, we're reaching out to MPPs, we're reaching out, and you know, um, communication is is a tough one, isn't mm-hmm. it? Uh, oh yeah, nonstop. You just keep telling the next person and the next person. Yes, absolutely. If you um would were to tell somebody and they got in touch with me, I'd absolutely make sure that I I'm not sure I can get everywhere, <laughs> yeah. but I can definitely help people out and connect them to the right information. Um, do a virtual call. Um, you know, be present at times. And, um, you know, that's certainly what we want. We want just to keep telling people about this, uh, this resource that is available to everybody in Ontario. And yeah, definitely. I, I think even just something in a, in a newsletter on someone's webs on some of these organizations websites, if you have problems, if you know of people, go check yeah. them out. Yeah. Um, yeah, so um, I definitely um, for, for some time, like, um, for instance, in Durham region, they've just uh, they've just started a 311 program that's just um, coming up to full speed. And so, you know, just making sure people understand making the right call. So when is it, you know, two one ones and three one ones to help each other and work together. So if somebody calls three one one and they actually need something that that we can help them better with, we you know, we have that relationship that, that we will help each other with those calls. And if somebody calls 211 and asking about garbage uh, pickups in Whitby, uh, you know, certainly the 211 person can find out that information and give it. That's not a problem. But, you know, when to make the right call, 211, 311, 911, you know, really important information that people need to know. Yeah. Okay. What is 311? 311 is for municipal um, municipal programs. So, um, you know, in York region, you have Access York. And that's where people would call and they would get all those regional type programs. But again, like you said, and and like I know, people don't know exactly who's providing what all the time. No, definitely not. So if you needed to know when your garbage pickup or your recycling or where to sign up for soccer, 
or you know you need the health department because you want to talk about um, you know in, immunization or um, sexual health clinics or something like that. Those would be calls to access your for a three one one program or anything if you live in the city of Toronto. Anything the city of Toronto does. So that would be those folks. And then, um, so does that answer your question? That that answers the question. Yeah. And I, yeah. Okay. I, I thought I knew about what I'm doing, but no, you, there's so much <laughs> and to know. Do, do. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so um, what about, you know, the, I, I'm working with one organization called Help a Girl Out that is doing period poverty. And I think I asked you about that and you hadn't yeah. heard of it. And I'm not surprised because they're yeah. focused in Brampton and you're in yeah. the other side of the GTA. I'm on the flip side, yes. Yeah. So um, like how does it, it's a newer organization, but doing great things. Like how would something like that become part of the system? Yes. Well, we do have an inclusion um, policy. And, okay. You know, so we do um, mostly want to gather and maintain information about um, programs and services that help people generally mm-hmm. that are usually not for profit or charitable organizations yep. that are offering that service or government mm-hmm. organizations or um, organizations that that work with organizations like uh, the TNN or something like that. So those kinds of pieces of information. Now, when a new organization starts up, um, if they've been working away for a year or more, and um, I, I guess it's all about, you know, sustainability. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's really a lot of work to to get something up and going. You don't want to be taking things down and putting things up all the time. So if that organization is is sustainable, is, um, you know, funded with uh, is, is a charitable organization, you know, they've got a way to keep moving. We can definitely after a year, we can we can put something in the database. And it's great for people to make sure that we know what these what these organizations are and what they're doing. At some point, you know, in the within the pandemic, um, you know, we didn't have a year. There were I, I can think of a, a small organization that started working in Pickering. And yeah, if if that if people are connecting people to food, we need to get that up there. We can't wait for that year. So there is a bit of flexibility there. Yep. Good. Um, and you know. Um, so, for instance, we don't have every single um, Rotary Club in in the, um, but we do have a way people can connect. There is a, one um, record where you can go into their search for mm-hmm. their for their club, yeah. say. Or, for instance, we don't have every church or every um, place of worship. You know, that would make that would be crazy if we had to do that. But if a place of worship does have a program where people who are not necessarily just members of that uh, faith-based organization can get help. Yes. Then that is in the database that would be included in the database. Okay. That I think is a very good point to make there. Okay. Um, Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, Well, I just want, you know, I just hope from our conversation and I, you know, I know you have a good following that, that people know that 211 is an essential resource for, for Richmond Hill residents for, um, for them and for the people they love who might live anywhere in the province or their neighbors, uh, any agencies um, that are that are out there that have, uh, you know, people working with their feet on the ground and they want to help a client, they can they can call or contact 211. We help people, you know, anybody who is you can call for yourself, you can call for your neighbor, you can call for your grandmother, you can call for your client, whoever can get help from 211. Yeah. Okay. Very important information. So we, we need to spread the word. 
I do like to end the podcast asking the same question of everyone who comes on. The question is, name one thing you really like about this community. Well, Mar, did you know I'm not in your community very often, but that day that you and I met at the community action table, I could see that Richmond Hill has a good good um, collection of people with good hearts and a lot of energy who are working very hard to help those in the community who need help. And that is a beautiful thing. And I, I really appreciate that about seeing that so clearly on that day that I came to, to Richmond Hill. Yeah, very good. No, you came to a really, to be interacting with a really good group of people that day, but it, it, those good group of people, it extends beyond uh, that one community center. So again, yes, uh, I'm thank, sure it does. Yeah. It does yes. Sure, sure. So thank you very much, uh, Michelle, for taking the time to do this podcast. I think we had a very good conversation. That was great. Thank you so much, Marge, for having me. I really appreciate uh, you giving me some time to talk to people about 211. Thank you for listening. I would very much appreciate you sharing this podcast Please tune in next week as we continue to explore the community. Consider emailing me at marj, M-A-R-J, at marjandre.com. I welcome suggestions for podcast guests. Stay well, stay connected.